welcome to Exploring the Blank Page, a podcast for readers and writers of young adult fiction. I'm host Emily Hendricks, writer of YA sci-fi and fantasy, and my co-host is Kristen Crum, author of the YA rom-com It Happened at Christmas. The Blank Page is where we all start, published or not, and we're excited to share stories that inspire your writing or influence your next book choice. Now let's get to the episode. Oh boy. You guys, this next episode is going to be so much fun for so many people. (laughs) Um, I will put a little warning on the fact that we totally geek out here with Haley Hansen, who is our guest, and it is amazing. Now, not so much that you're going to get bored. Um, I think that those who enjoy certain fandoms that we like are totally going to find their place here today. I feel like we just fell down rabbit hole after rabbit hole after rabbit hole in a totally good way. Um, It did make for a little bit longer of an episode, but it was so good. And Haley just kept dropping so many like amazing nuggets. Like every time I was listening, I was like, oh my gosh, yes, Mm -hmm. that is like so wise. Um, We talk kind of sort of in depth about um, writing fan fiction and Mm -hmm. how how that just, ah, you're just gonna have to listen. It's just, I just picked up so much from this episode. It was so fun to report and to talk to Haley. Absolutely. And as you guys know, um, obviously I'm always, I'm, I'm now apparently my job is to promote science fiction to everybody. <laughs> so um, Haley does have a really awesome science fantasy novel that we're, well, a series that we talk about in this episode. And Don't worry, there are no spoilers, but I think like the hints that we give you are going to be totally enough to make you just go out there and just grab the first book in the series and just dive right in. I will say that this podcast is horrible in a good way for myself because I talk to these authors and I kind of sort of like, I'm aware of what they have written. Um, I've seen them around on Instagram, but then I talk to them and I'm like, oh yeah, top of the TBR, top of the TBR. (laughs) It's like, it's like this, I have books to write guys. And these authors are not making it any easier for me to like sneak away and write the books. I'm sneaking away and reading. Absolutely. So settle in and take a listen to this next episode. We think you're really going to enjoy it. Haley. Hi, welcome to the podcast. Hello. I'm glad to be here. We are so excited that you're here. Um, to get us started, can you tell us a little bit about yourself and your World Diver book series, all the fun stuff. Okay, well, I am Haley Hansen. Hello, everyone. Um, I write young adult um, science fantasy and um, just kind of more general varying into some fantasy for my next projects. But um, my um, current um, series, the Luminot trilogy is um, almost finished. The last book comes out on April 20th from Uncommon Universes Press. So you can go pre-order that now, or I mean, depending on when this podcast actually airs, you may just be able to order it. (laughs) And um, I um, currently live in uh, Southern Illinois. I am married. I have two kiddos that are human and two that are fur babies. And um, I'm just basically a really huge nerd. And I love geeking out with everybody about books and movies and um, TV and just all sorts of, you know, nerdy media. I love it. Mm -hmm. Oh, Oh, I love it too. We're going to get into that. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. I figured it would come up. (laughs) 
<laughs> I think so. It has to. It's kind of like my whole entire brand. So, you know, <laughs> I love it. Well, I'm actually in the, I say the middle, I'm still probably in the early middle. So not quite the middle yet of your first book. I am loving it. I love a good science Yay. fantasy. Um, obviously maybe that's, yes. yeah, you know, so do I, yeah, <laughs> I'm just like, yeah. So you have to like, just nerd we out have about so all these much things. in common. Yes. Yeah, exactly. It's true. And I'm so hooked. Um, I absolutely love the California vibe because I'm a California girl myself. Uh, granted, I grew up in Northern, though I did spend eight years mm-hmm. in Southern. So I kind of, I get the whole gamut of the state basically. Yeah. Um, I'm already totally immersed in the world and like, mm-hmm. I won't say anything because I don't want to spoil anything at all, <laughs> but can you tell us a little bit about what inspired the story? Because now again, I'm still mm-hmm. in the early days. Right. <laughs> so mm-hmm. I'm like, I don't even know what's coming up next. And cause I don't read the mm-hmm. backs of books. I like, I have no clue what's going to happen. And I, I love that. Um, but okay. yeah, tell us a little bit about like kind of what the inspiration or where the inspiration came from. Um, well, I'm from more um, the middle part of California. Um, as we like to say, it's not LA, it's not the Bay. Um, it's kind of in the middle. Um, so um, the the setting inspiration was, um, it's kind of an amalgamation of a couple of different beach towns around, you know, where I grew up. And um, I kind of just took elements of each one and blended them together and made um, the fictional town of Verona Beach. Um, and I, um, also drew inspiration from, I mean, it's going to be cliche to say Star Wars, but, um, (laughs) there's, there's a lot of robots and techie stuff and stuff in there. And there's kind of that whole, um, reluctant hero, kind of a little bit bored with, you know, their life and feeling stuck and maybe wanting a reason to sort of explore the world outside of their their very small town and um I kind of just I really liked that concept um uh from the first uh A New Hope I guess we we should call it I can't say the first Star Wars movie because that's the Phantom Menace but um right um <laughs> yeah but um I I liked that sort of beginning of a hero's journey concept but I kind of wanted to twist that around a little bit and make it um you know, about a girl from a regular high school, regular family in California. And um, what would you do if automatic Usana <laughs> just gained some some superpowers <laughs> um, and you didn't know what to do with them? And, and so that was kind of the big inspiration. I also wrote it. Um, I wrote the first draft at a time when we were living um, overseas. Um, my spouse is in the military. So um, we had been stationed overseas and I was really missing home. And so um, it was kind of a way for me to still feel close to home, even though I wasn't, if that mm-hmm. makes sense. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Mm-hmm. And I definitely feel that coming out. Like it just feels very, you have great, like rich details. It's not mm-hmm. like overwhelming because, you know, it just, it fits really well with your writing yeah. style. Thank um, you. And I also really liked that it's, I don't know. I don't know how to say this the right way. So I'm just going to say it, but like, okay. it, so I don't mean it as it's like, it's totally a compliment. Let's put it that way. <laughs> but it, it's so like high school. I love it. Yeah. Like, so I don't, I don't mean that in a bad way. No, like, I know. It, it kind of actually brings to mind that now I'm going movies at this point, but I do love the books of Twilight, like the scenes where they're like oh, yeah. walking up to the high school and you're just mm-hmm. like, I totally get the high school vibe, but yet it's like not high school because you know, it's Twilight. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, so I feel like you did that really well. Um, and like, 
I don't know, did you do research or like, how did you get that vibe so well? <laughs> I guess I like drawing on my own experiences a little bit. Um, mm-hmm. Just kind of remembering, you know, when I was in high school and um, how we had, you know, the parking lot set out and um, my high school was in California, so it was all open air. So you had to walk across like large green spaces to go to your classes and things like that. Um, I do like to read also, even though it's not a genre I write in, I do like to read YA contemporaries. Um, So there's, you know, a lot of... um, like high school kind of stuff going on there. And um, so that that was kind of like my inspiration to just, you know, like, oh, let's just, you know, not go with like, say, um, a princess or, you know, mm-hmm. um, some other type of royalty. I know that's like really, you know, kind of the like cool and, and a lot of people do that in YA now. And I love those books. I really mm-hmm. do. Um, but I just kind of wanted to, um, at least for this first book, um, kind of plunk her down in a regular old high school dealing with teenager stuff, then um, just kind of go from there with that. Mm-hmm. And I have, sorry, one more question too. <laughs> because I'm just, it's like, you know, you're reading it and I'm like, oh my gosh, I get the chance to talk to the author. So might as well yeah. bring this up. Right. <laughs> um, but I love that Callie has now for me, it seems like a big family. And I think that's mm-hmm. because I'm an only child. So anything more than just one of us is a big family. <laughs> Um, and I, I love like that dynamic. I feel like you totally nailed it. It's just like, Mm -hmm. you know, the whole brothers thing and she's like struggling with some like internal stuff with parents and just like wanting to be, you know, well, not having maybe fully like the direction Mm -hmm. that you think you should have, but which Mm -hmm. we all understand is not really possible when you're like a sophomore (laughs) in high school. (laughs) So is, is the big family aspect something that like you grew up with or like, where did, where did that come from? Like with all of her brothers and all that? Well, I guess and sister too, right? Younger. Yeah. She has, she has one sister. Yeah. She's, um, when she starts the book 16 turns 17 towards the end of the book. Um, but, um, yeah, I did not actually have um, any brothers. I had, I have two sisters of which I'm the oldest. <laughs> so um, her family dynamic is just kind of drawing on um, sort of observations of friends who, who do have brothers and kind of their interactions with them. Um I also kind of drew on my dad as a really big family. My dad is um, number 10 of 15 in his life. Oh, wow. (laughs) That is big. Yeah, it's really big. My mom is three of 10 and I thought that was big. Okay. (laughs) That's still big. (laughs) Yeah. I I mean, I think anytime you get over like five or six kids, it's just like, wow, that's a really big family, you know? Yeah. So I kind of took bits and pieces of observations, but, um, I personally, like, it it wasn't like I was drawing necessarily on my own, like personal family dynamic for that. Um, I think the thing that I drew personally was feeling a little bit like, um, like Callie kind of deals with a lot of parental expectations. And I think that, you know, a lot of teenagers can really relate to that. Like my parents want me to do one thing, but I'm trying to figure out life for myself. And I know I felt that way in high school. And I think it's just kind of a universal thing that a lot of people sort of deal with as, as they're, um, 
going through life and figuring out who they are and what they want to be. So, um, so that was a, a personal thing that I wrote into the book. Um, but in terms of her huge family dynamic, I, I do not have personal experience with that. It was all just, yeah. It comes across well, you know, well, it thanks. Really does. <laughs> and do you surf? Cause I know I do does. not. Well, I, I do not. I, okay. <laughs> Um, I have tried and failed miserably. I was wipeout wills. So I cannot say that I, I true, yeah. true, like inspiration. Will, there. Yeah, that was, that, that was personal. <laughs> the opening, the opening scene where she is surfing mm-hmm. is amazing. Oh, thank you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I really do. That, that's just yeah. how that warms my author. Heart. <laughs> like I was reading it. I was like, she has to be a surfer or <laughs> I mean, this is just amazing. Like, I felt like I was there mm-hmm. and I also felt like I'm ready to go learn how to surf. I mean, I'm in the middle of, you know, I mean, I'm like <laughs> landlocked in Oklahoma, so there's no place for me. Oh to gosh. Really yeah. Yeah. Surf. Yeah. Yeah. But, I don't, you yeah. guys don't even have lakes, do you? Yeah. I mean, we do. We do. Oh, have okay. Lake. Okay. I, yeah. Yeah. So you can't really um, surf a lake though. No, not real. I mean, you can, yeah. I, I think the closest that we can get, which really this isn't any comparison, but like jet, uh, not jet ski, um, like water skiing on the back yeah, of the boat. Yeah. I think that's as close or wakeboarding, okay. but mm-hmm. I mean, again, that's not even like, yeah. not a comparison <laughs> at all. <laughs> so, so when, when I was, um, growing up, I, I really liked to do, um, like bodyboarding. So mm-hmm. not where you had to stand up. Mm-hmm. Um, I did try the regular surfing. Like I said, I think maybe once or twice and, I was, I mean, it was like epic fail. <laughs> like, like how she talks about her friend just not being able to get up on the board and how he's constantly wiping out. It was like, I, I was like, yeah, that, that was, that was definitely me. Um, not really able to get a good balance on it, but, um, it's, it's something that like, I kind of wish maybe I had sort of stuck with it a little bit more, you know, but, um, you know, I think just kind of, it was something that I researched and I also knew like just kind of growing up around it I um had observed a lot of surfing and um you know spent time in the waters while surfers were in the water and stuff like that so mm-hmm. even though I was not joining their cool kids crowd <laughs> of surfers I I observed and <laughs> cool by association <laughs> yeah, yeah yeah I was like over there with my little you know bodyboard boogie board thing going like oh you guys are so cool. <laughs> but yeah. So before we actually hit record, we kind of sort of had a whole conversation about really bad fan fiction. Oh gosh. Yes. <laughs> you knew she had to bring it in. <laughs> I know. I was like, this is not going to escape. As soon as I mentioned it, I was like, oh, they're going to make me talk about it. <laughs> so this makes me wonder, have you always wanted to be a writer? Cause you, cause when we were talking, you said you started writing fan fiction back in eighth grade. Um, so is this something that has seventh grade, okay. seventh grade. Okay. I was 13. So, has, so I think it was seventh grade. Okay. So has this like writing always kind of been on your, your radar as this is something that I want to do someday. Um, I would say I have been a, I was a hobby writer for a really long time. And it was something mm-hmm. that I have um, always enjoyed. Obvi- I mean, not obviously, I still really enjoy it. Because um, I, you know, write books now for, you know, <laughs> for a publication. <laughs> but, but I will say I, I didn't really consider it something to do for publication for a really long time. 
Um, yeah. it was, it was kind of my, um, this is going to sound weird, but it was my zoning out time. Yeah. Like my chance to sort of escape into another world for a little while and just not have my brain be like real life brain, but just to be somewhere else. Mm -hmm. So, um, I, I did start, um, as you said, with fanfics in, um, seventh grade. <laughs> Come on, tell us, tell us okay. who it was. <laughs> they were, okay. <laughs> Okay, she's gonna make me admit, admit make this to the world because okay. it's not as bad as you think it is. No, I, I mean, mean, and I have like talked know. to people who have also written fanfics for this particular series, and there are many of us out there. Um, it was Redwall fanfics. I love it. Yes, <laughs> Martin the Warrior Man, like yeah, and Mariel of Redwall, like my besties. Yeah, so yes, so uh, except I like had big issues with like. Oh, why are the foxes and the ferrets and all of that always the bad guys? Like they shouldn't always be the bad guys. Like so, I purposely wrote where there were like good foxes and good ferrets and nice. all of the little like yeah, awesome. <laughs> all of the creatures that were the bad creatures in like the Redwall books. I wrote <laughs> good versions of them because I was like, we are not putting up with this. Yeah. I love it. <laughs> like this is predator discrimination. We're gonna make them good guys. <laughs> Oh man, so, but that's the kind of the beauty, yeah. right? Of fan fiction is you do oh, yeah. like imagine it your own way. Like you're like, exactly. I'm changing things. And you know, I know like a lot of authors kind of get their start writing fanfics and it is fun. It's it's super fun. And there's kind of no rules and it's how a lot of people find their community and mm -hmm. you know these fandoms and I just I think it's great I I'm mm -hmm. all about like if you want to write fan fiction then go ahead and write fan fiction mm -hmm. this was like way before um I won't say there was no internet when I was writing it because there was internet and I was in like um some red wall chat rooms where we would like discuss our cringy fanfics <laughs> and it was like <laughs> me and probably a whole bunch of other like middle schoolers and high schoolers who were doing this but um there was no like um boards yet for you to like post your fanfics so it was kind of all just kept in journals and little notebooks and things in my room that I hid from my mom because I was mortified and <laughs> the typical 15 yeah. year old girl stuff yeah. yeah there is something to say though about writing fanfic and finding that community mm -hmm. so young and it just being like it is such a great ground for mm -hmm preparing yourself for the future. You know, when yeah. you're discussing your work with other critique partners and you're finding your, your writing mm -hmm. community. And it's just, it's awesome that that was just like, I feel like that was the breeding ground yeah. for that. Mm -hmm. It, it mm -hmm. totally was. I will say the first time I ever shared my writing with any other human being was my fanfics that I shared with some of my friends in middle school. And, yeah. and that was the first time I ever, you know, shared my writing with people. So, and I know now, um, you know, there's whole online communities where you can go and share your writing and you can get feedback and you can, you know, have all of this at your fingertips. So I just, yeah, I think it's a great way to find community and to kind of initially just get started in writing. And it's, it's usually like pretty yeah. it's, it's pretty like a whole bunch of people who like the same sort of thing, you know? So Mm -hmm. sort of just this automatic like plugged in kind of yeah. thing yeah yeah mm -hmm. and I think it's great I mean because you're learning mm -hmm. how things work how to mm -hmm. how to write a story mm -hmm. how all the little bits and pieces of story works mm -hmm. you're learning how to get critique 
Mm-hmm. Um, well, and how to yeah, take critique so, too, because yeah, you already yeah, have yeah. people, you know, who like exactly. this just didn't work for me. And then how do you like handle that with, you know, grace to accept feedback with grace, yeah. I guess. Like, why are all these foxes the good people? <laughs> <laughs> just kidding. <laughs> but if you think about it too, that's how artists learn, mm-hmm. right? They go, they study other paintings. They might mm-hmm. even sketch or paint the same thing just to see techniques. Mm-hmm. So I think it's like a creative process. Like, and you started it young and Look yeah. where it's taking you. <laughs> yeah, totally. Um, I will say I didn't get into wanting to write for publication until I was, gosh, it was after my son had been born. So I was already in my thirties. Mm-hmm. So yeah, <laughs> um, that, that was when I seriously kind of thought about writing for publication. So I hobby wrote for a really long time. I would say probably almost 20 years. I was mm-hmm. a hobby writer, but it was during that time that I just kind of also figured out, you know, what I like, what I want to write, um, the things that I personally find interesting just through writing and also reading like lots of books. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, just sort of which genres I like, which ones I gravitated towards, like specifically why I wanted to write YA was that really long period of time that I just spent, you know, writing for myself. So I don't think that there's any amount of value you can place on just writing for yourself and writing because it's fun. And it doesn't always have to be um, that you have the goal of publication, because I didn't for a really long time. And um you know, it's fine to just, to just do things because they bring you joy and you love them. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, absolutely. So I do want to ask what, what made that shift? What made you decide you wanted to go from just a hobby writer to, I think I'm ready for publication. Um, well, quitting my teaching job to move to Japan and be home with my son <laughs> was a big one. <laughs> Yeah. Um, yeah. I, I'd been a teacher for, um, gosh, seven and a half years, I think. Um, it, it was quite a while. And, um, and then, you know, like I mentioned, we got, um, sent over to Japan and I, I had a baby. And so suddenly I was like, you know, Oh, what, what, what is the next step for me? And, you know, I had kind of at that point, let some family members and friends just sort of read my writing for just for, I guess, fun. Mm-hmm. And they were like, Oh, you, you really should publish this. This is good. And I was like, is it though? <laughs> <laughs> Do you have and, to say that? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, that Thor meme, like, okay, but is it though, you know? And, um, and so, um, I, uh, this was a newbie mistake that I made and I'm going to admit, admit this. Um, I, I decided to just kind of slap up my book on Amazon without doing any research. And, um, just so, you know, cause family and friends were like, oh, I'd buy this book if you published it. And I was like, oh, really? You know, you would, you'd actually pay money for it. And they were like, oh yeah. So, so I kind of bought a cover and just like slapped it up on Amazon. And, um, and then I kind of, b- before I did any research and I realized very quickly that that was kind of not, um, how you actually go about publishing a book. <laughs> so that came down. And then, um, I, I, I decided, okay, I need to, um, work, with an author coach to actually grow my craft. So I worked with an author coach on the world diver manu or what became the world diver manuscript. Um, and, um, then I decided to go about 
pitching it and and um I had also kind of briefly considered pursuing um indie pubbing um you know a a version of it too um and like I had a lot of there was a lot of questions rolling around in my head at that time of which way I wanted to go Mm -hmm. um ultimately I decided to go small press with it um they you know just because they got kind of uh, really gravitated to the idea this this press I ended up um, signing with Uncommon Universes they really loved the concept from the get-go and so um, it ended up being a super good fit I'm so glad it found a home there and um, it, it just was a really it was a time with a lot of questions and not a lot of answers and I was just very you know kind of trying everything and throwing a whole bunch of stuff at the wall to see if it stuck so um so I guess my takeaway f- from that for your listeners would be, um, you know, just maybe don't be like me in terms of that. <laughs> um, kind of know what you want and have a plan. You know, if 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 you want to publish your books, actually publish your books. Know know what you want, why you want it, and and make a little bit of a plan going in. Be open to the plan changing and shifting course because you just kind of never know what's going to happen, and you may end up publishing in an entirely different way than you planned, and that's totally fine. But but kind of know your why and why you want to do things. Don't don't just like you know try to throw everything and and. And, and see if something works and something mm-hmm. doesn't. And so I, it was a very experimental time. I'll say that. <laughs> That's great. So yeah, it was, let- it was a long, <laughs> crazy two years there. <laughs> But that's good to hear though, right? Yeah, like, yeah. cause not everybody has it together. Not everybody knows, like not saying that you no, don't have it, it together, but you know what I mean? Like, oh, I don't. At I the mean. time, it, well, I mean, who does? I don't either. But like at the time. You fake it till you make it, you know? Like, <laughs> I know. But like, how are you going to know, right? Yeah. Like, I think that the, a lot of people, they're just searching for that kind of mm-hmm. guidance in a sense. Mm-hmm. And like, I love that you said that you went to an author coach. I think mm-hmm. there are great coaches out there. There are great people who are mm-hmm. willing to talk with you, whether it's like mm-hmm. through a paid service or even through listening. I mean, this yeah. is not a plug for us, but just in general <laughs> of listening to writing podcasts, you can totally, learn yeah. so much these days. Like there's so much to, to like learn, I think. So mm-hmm. <laughs> it's good to hear that. I think that's encouraging. Yeah. That, I, I mean, definitely, you know, have your, have your, um, writing mentors around you, even, you know, it's just like friends who are a little further along in the journey than you or actual author coaches, you know, it's, it's just so invaluable to have a community who's helping you along the way. Mm-hmm. And I like what you said too, about how you said, you know, know what you want, make your plan, mm-hmm. but be okay to changes because I mean, as you're going Pivot. You're gonna... <laughs> Pivot, exactly. Pivot. <laughs> because as you're going on this journey and you're, for lack of a better term, picking up these mentors and mm-hmm. these and author coaches, you're gonna you're gonna learn so much more that you did mm-hmm. when you made your plan. So yeah. I think that is a valuable lesson for mm-hmm. the listeners to hear. Is yeah. it's okay. It is okay if your plan mm-hmm. looks completely different. I mean, mm-hmm. I know my plan looks completely different. I know Emily's plan looks completely yeah. different than what we set out to originally do. Mm-hmm. And that's okay. Mm-hmm. Everybody's journey is going to be different. And the plan can totally change. And that's okay too, mm-hmm. you know, as you yes. learn and grow. And and I think exactly. also something, you know, for me, how I talked about how, you know, like, oh, don't be like her. But in a way, I think everyone kind of is in that you're going to make mistakes when you start out. Yeah. Like it's kind of inevitable. You're going to do things that you're like, oh, I should have done that differently mm-hmm. or, oh, maybe I should have, you know, 
um, pursued this, this thing over here instead of that. But, but, you know, that's just kind of life and you're going to learn from your mistakes and grow and it's going to make you a better writer and mm -hmm. it's going to make you a better person generally. Cause you're going to be able to say, Hey, look, I, you know, I had this experience of, you know, I, I, I tried something and it just didn't work out. And so then now you can just clearly say like, okay, so this, I know this was not for me mm -hmm. for whatever yeah. reason. And, and knowing that going forward is going to be really valuable as well. Oh yeah. You can tuck it away and yep. you become stronger as a person. And then mm -hmm. also you're able to help those who come after you yeah. that have those questions. And exactly. So great. Mm -hmm. So great. So Let's talk a little bit about your blank page. Okay. You know, this is a blank page podcast and we love yes. talking about how, how our authors, how our author guests approach that blinking cursor when it's just like staring you down. And um, how do you, how do you decide where to start and go forward with that next project? Um, usually the characters come to me before anything else. Um, and they usually come to me pretty vividly. So, um, like with the world diver, um, or the Luminot trilogy, sorry, world diver is the first book in the Luminot trilogy. Mm -hmm. I should say that, um, with the Luminot trilogy, um, Callie came to me pretty clearly. Um, she changed in terms of, you know, her goals got a lot stronger but in terms of who she kind of was as a person, um, she came to me very vividly like this, you know, uh, 16 year old surfer from California who, um, who finds a mysterious object in the ocean and gains, um, superpowers she has to keep a secret that that was very clear, um, to me. Um, so she came very vividly. Um, the next project I'm writing, um, again, the character came to me very vividly from the start. Um, it's, um, a YA historical fantasy. Um, she is a jewel thief and she has a superpower, which allows her to shrink. So she came to me like very, very clearly. Um, so that's usually where I start. And then when, when the character is there, I'm usually kind of, I don't know what to say talking to them, but it is kind of like a mental conversation of like, what's your problem? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Like, like what's your issue? Like <laughs> it's a little bit like taking a, like, like, you know, a character and, and kind of digging deep into them to be like, why, why do you want to steal this jewel? Or why do you want to keep your superpowers a secret? Or why, why do you want to, um, um, you know, do all this with robots and, you know, all of this stuff. I, I'm sorry. I'm trying not to give away too many spoilers from the Luminous. <laughs> no, you're doing good. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah. So, so why do you, why do you care about all of this? Why, what's really driving you? Um, and I think that's where I start. And then that's kind of what leads me. Uh, my writing tends to be pretty character driven. Um, and so when they don't cooperate, then I kind of usually got to go back and be like, okay, I think I must've misunderstood something, but um, <laughs> I always usually to, and again, this is kind of something that just sort of comes to me as I'm coming up with the character is their end game is also very apparent. 
So really the process for me with writing and um, the blank page, um, getting that blank page filled with words is, okay, my character has this problem and I know the end game. How are we going to take them from here to the end game? Mm-hmm. Do you plot? I'm a plant, sir. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> um, I've tried plotting um, like with really detailed outlines and it just totally messes me up. It's just too much detail. So I kind of basically, I have emotional beats that I know I want to hit with the character. And I have a very loose sort of like um, three act structure, or sometimes it's in four, um, like a quarter structure, I guess, um, that I kind of know I want to follow. But in terms of really like nitty gritty plotting stuff, I... um, I have tried that before and I'm not saying I won't ever do it again because I might, but, um, it just kind of, it felt a little bit too confining for me and for how I like to work. So I will say plants are, I don't write by the seat of my pants. Cause I, <laughs> I've tried that before too. And I don't work either. <laughs> but yeah. So, so just kind of like a, a loose, um, these are the emotional beats and this is kind of the structure I need to follow. Awesome. So this is my, one of my favorite questions that we always ask, because I absolutely love seeing how writers get the word onto the page and how they make time for their, their passion of writing. And so I want to ask, what does a typical writing day look like for you? Okay. Um, a typical writing day. Um, I really like to go, um, to the gym for about an hour and just move my body because my mind works really, really well when I'm moving my body. And that's kind of my planning time of, okay, what, what are we working on today? And what are, you know, what are we going to accomplish and what sort of emotional plot things do I need to do? And so then I come home and then I'll sit down. And as long as I don't get distracted by social media, um, I will, <laughs> I will, um, just sit and kind of write loosely what I had kind of plotted out in my head previously. And, you know, as long as that still works for, for the story with, with the characters and everything, sometimes it doesn't hundred percent always, but we can shift that. Right. And then, um, after that, then I usually I'm like, oh, crud, I got to eat lunch before I go get my kids. And, <laughs> <laughs> um, and then usually in the evening after my kiddos go to bed, then I will kind of read over um, what I just wrote and I'll have my husband read over it. He's usually the first person who gets any eyes on anything that I write. Um, and he reads a lot too, but he doesn't read a lot of YA, but um, but he reads enough to to be like okay you know so um he'll usually read over it and then I'll read over it and I kind of do some self-editing but I try not to edit too much as I go um so that's just kind of a quick mostly cleaning it up sort of like if there's any egregious like oh this is a huge like plot hole or this is just you know not good continuity stuff like it was out of Mm -hmm. you know context for what happened previously and uh, stuff like that so so that's kind of my evening and then that's basically what a day looks like Oh, that's good. I like it. I think that <laughs> it's for me too, the like movement that you're talking mm-hmm. about at the beginning is so crucial. And mm-hmm. like, whether it's like being at the gym or like, I love to take walks or something, mm-hmm. just like something that lets our brains kind of 
process, but like we're doing something else too. Like there's something about that. It's like magic. Yeah, it is. It's like physical movement really does help like getting out and walking or just however you need to move mm-hmm. your body. Just, yeah. I think, I mean, for me, I know, and, um, it, it just really, really helps. Mm-hmm. Well, I would like to officially welcome us to the segment where we get really nerdy. Okay. <laughs> because you knew it was coming. Like you just yes. knew. <laughs> I'm excited. I like yeah. getting nerdy. So I love in your bio, you call yourself a super fan. Um, so and a geek, which I mean not a not a stan, but yeah, a yeah. fan. <laughs> fan. <laughs> um, but mm-hmm. we want to know like what are some of your favorite fandoms? Mm-hmm. What do you like to geek out about? Hit us. Oh, okay. Um, let's see. I know it's like, where do you start? <laughs> I know. Where do I even start? <laughs> um, I, well, right now I've, you know, been very into the star Wars universe, but they, uh, um, have been coming out with so much oh, so content. Many, yes. 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 Um, right now I'm watching the Mandalorian, um, mm-hmm. and very stoked for Ahsoka to come out that was one of my favorite characters um I always liked Ahsoka I know she's awesome she's totally rad I've only I've only seen her in like the cartoon version Mm -hmm. because my 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 boys watch it they absolutely I always thought Ahsoka was awesome and then she's in is she in the Mandalorian she was in an episode no you're not she was in an episode of the Mandalorian in season two I think Mm. okay okay yeah, and I just thought that was awesome because oh, she was I, awesome. I agree with that, you. Oh gosh, yes, that episode. <laughs> that episode was amazing. Um, but yeah, so I'm really looking forward to that. Um, I really love Stranger Things. It is a huge inspiration for another book I want to write. Um, really, just love that whole um, 1980s high school plus monsters from another mm-hmm. dimension it's just so cool yeah um you can't beat that vibe yeah <laughs> like, it's so good I love Marvel but I really I love the villains more <laughs> than I love the heroes I think um who's yeah. your favorite villain I know we're not at the lightning round questions but no, I'm it's curious. Fine. um it, well I love Loki but I, yeah. this is sort of questionable whether this is actually a villain or not is the Scarlet Witch mm-hmm. true I've had those feelings too, where you're mm-hmm. kind of like, mm, she's, she could go I, either way. Like maybe she's a little bit yeah. of both. Is that what we call morally gray? Like, I yeah, I would say she's probably more morally gray than anything, but she's, she's like one of my favorites in the entire MCU. Yeah. I just, any, well, anything the Scarlet Witch is in, I'm like, yes, let's watch mm-hmm. this. Yes. Yes. <laughs> well, and I feel like almost like Marvel had to develop these villains so much mm-hmm. that they unintentionally had all of us fall in love with them. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Which is what you want, right? Like you want to have yeah. at least a villain that you like understand and can mm-hmm. like, even if you don't fully like support their, you know, trajectory, yeah. <laughs> yes. you can still like get why they are the way they are. And like, if you can create compassion in yes. your reader's heart for your villain. Oh, like, yeah. Oof, that's and wonderful. I love a good villain redemption arc too. Yes. Um, yes. That's mm-hmm. oh, it's one of my favorite things. Um, yeah, there's there's a character in um the Lumina trilogy that I um he's he's kind of become a, a fave of um people, but I don't know if you've met him yet, Emily. Maybe you have. I don't oh I don't know yet. I might still you, be too you early may on. Or may not have met him yet, but he mm. 
he kind of has that sort of very charming um, vibe, but then you, you know, as, as the books go on, we dig a lot deeper and I don't want to give any spoilers away, but we just get to know his why a lot better. And there's, you know, some stuff that happens that changes that. The, the trajectory of the yes. arc. And yeah, it's just, oh, I just love a good, like, Mm-hmm. I'd love a good morally gray like should I love this person or should I not but I kind of love them anyway you know mm-hmm. it's mm-hmm. one of my favorite things I've, I have written a a villain redemption arc and I always called it the Darth Vader effect mm-hmm. <laughs> right I like it <laughs> my favorite my favorite one I always draw on is um, Prince Zuko from Avatar the Last Airbender which is again getting very very nerdy and (laughs) okay um but in terms of a redemption arc I kind of that's kind of like the whole um like the gold standard I guess we can say Mm -hmm. of of a redemption arc it's just oh it was done so well so well so good yeah all right so I do have to ask because it has become a bit of a theme for our season we've had a lot more (laughs) sci-fi authors maybe I had something to do with that Uh oh oh maybe because Emily wrote a science I know maybe (laughs) now we're all reading so hey I'm just like let's bring out all the sci-fi and the science fantasy because it's really cool we need to it is cool but speaking of that like I guess I have like, it's like a two part question in a sense. Like, first of all, did you, did you go into it thinking I want to write a sci-fi or science fantasy? Mm -hmm. It is kind of like, there's some blurry lines there, which I'm totally fine with. There's a lot of blurry lines. It's just, absolutely. There's a, and you don't really blur the lines all over the place. Yeah. Cut and dry. (laughs) Um, but but did you go into it like that? And then also, or maybe, and, or, um, did you think about, oh, this might be a harder sell? Like, because that's something that I faced, <laughs> um, and, you know, kind of took oh, matters into my boy. own hands, but. <laughs> oh boy, yes. No, uh, well, I did not go into it wanting to write science fantasy. Cause that, that's, I think the genre that Luminot trilogy really is, is science fantasy. Cause there are fantasy elements, but there's also a lot of sci-fi stuff going on. So, um. Yeah, we'll just say yes. yes, I know. I love it too. I think it's so cool. Um, I just kind of wanted to to write it the way I wanted to write it, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Um, and then um it became <laughs> when I went to go pitch this um series that that was a little bit of a hard sell. I, I, I'm not going to lie. It was, it was kind of harder to, and as, as we've kind of gone along with publishing the books, it's also been like, what's the marketing niche here? Mm -hmm. Um, where does this book fit into the book market generally? Because comp titles have been real hard. Like there's not a ton of comp titles, um, in the science fantasy mm-hmm. genre that are YA that are published right now. Um, I'm hoping that that changes, you know, over the course of the next couple of years, it kind of sounds like there, there's some, well, you, Emily, and then um, a couple of other kind of books I've heard of maybe going to be coming out, you know, mm-hmm. that are more in the science fantasy genre. Mm-hmm. So um, my hope is that um, we start seeing more of it. But when I was pitching this book back in like 2019, it was a really like, it was like finding comp titles was yeah. difficult. It was really hard. Because you then, inevitably go to like science fiction, like, you know, it's yeah. whatever's popular, YA, sci-fi, 
Yeah. And it's true, but I think it's because they, it might even have some of that fantasy element, Mm -hmm. but they themselves, even if it's like, we're talking like mainstream publishers, they're like, Mm -hmm. well, we've just got to call it a sci-fi because nobody wants to do with it. You know, where do we shelve this? Exactly. The book series that I immediately thought of when you said that was the Aurora cycle. Because mm-hmm. there are fantasy mm-hmm. elements in that. I was thinking of that it's... too, actually. <laughs> yeah, yeah, great minds. But um, yeah, it, it has fantasy elements, but it's predominantly marketed as a sci-fi because, you know, it's in space or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, so with my books, it's like there's a multiverse concept. There's um, uh, mecha, you know, mechs. Um, there's um, all this sort of sci-fi stuff, but then there's also like the the fantasy elements, Um the, like as you get later in the series there's like um elemental powers so elemental magic mm-hmm. um there there is stuff like that so it's kind of yeah it's it, it's definitely a blend but um as we've started kind of marketing it more we're we've leaned more into the sci-fi aspects of it just because it's easier to mm-hmm. put it in that marketing niche of YA sci-fi versus like it doesn't super fit in fantasy, but it kind of does too. So I, mm-hmm. I would say with the first book, I think I marketed it a little bit more like a fantasy. Um, and then with this book, um, Shadow Under, that's coming out um, in uh, actually one week from today. Um, yay. I, yay! I, I really, <laughs> I'm excited. Um, but um, I've leaned a lot more into the sci-fi because it's very sci-fi that that book has a lot more sci-fi even than world diver so um so i've leaned harder into the sci-fi in terms of where i've i've tried to market it and like Mm -hmm. you know the comps and everything so Mm -hmm. so that's but but i'm not gonna lie and say it hasn't been hard because it has been hard (laughs) yeah which is unfortunate i honestly Mm -hmm. think that the readers are out there they want it, but no, it, they definitely are like your Kickstarter kind of, yeah, yeah, yeah. It, there are readers who want these kinds of books, you know? Mm-hmm. <laughs> and like, I think it just, it takes us as authors too, mm-hmm. to be able to explain, which is hard, right. Mm-hmm. To explain to them, like, I remember so specifically, there was one lady who read, this is back when I was blogging the book, um, mm-hmm. suspended in the stars on my blog. And she was like, I don't really like science fiction. And I was like, I totally get it. Like, yeah. you know, but she went to the blog and it was free, you know, so you're like yeah. no risk or whatever. And she just like devoured it. And so yeah. she's been one of my like biggest, like if she could like it, there's a lot of mm-hmm. you out there that could like it too, exactly. you know? And that's the thing is like, it's getting readers to like try something new um, mm-hmm. just to see like, man, if it has that sci-fi title, it's hard. Cause you don't, you almost don't mm-hmm. want to use it sometimes because you're like, I know it scares you, but don't worry. There's not math. Yeah. No, I know. Yeah. <laughs> it's not like sci-fi sci-fi and one thing I've noticed um over the course of you know my publication journey with the Luminot trilogy is um people have told me this was the first sci-fi series I actually really liked um like this was my gateway Mm sci-fi um or um I only read fantasy I didn't think I liked sci-fi and then I read your books and I was like oh well I I think I like (laughs) sci-fi So, right. And and I, I think that. it's, it's cause they have, um, you know, those fantasy elements that are tied into the sci-fi. It makes it a little bit more accessible for people who, who maybe say, well, I don't read sci-fi. I don't mm-hmm. like sci-fi. Mm-hmm. Um, so, so if it can be their gateway sci-fi, I'm really happy about that. <laughs> oh, absolutely. I love like being able to try and think, okay, what, what fantasy, like YA fantasy, could mm-hmm. I compare 
you know, whatever, whether it's a book I'm reading or my own book too, because that does tend to like open people's minds a bit like, oh, Mm -hmm. well, if it's a little like, you know, Carval, which I mean, it's not, but that's the first book that came to mind, (laughs) you know, (laughs) but like something like that, it, it, it eases the fears, I think, of Mm -hmm. a reader and they're willing to try something new. So, well, and you mentioned like the Twilight you know, series with mine, because it starts off with like, you know, in high school and what, and it, it very quickly becomes not that, right? <laughs> but because it starts that way, I think it, it makes it a little bit like, okay, we're easing in, you know, like with the Twilight books, those sort of eased a lot of readers into vampire fiction. Um, you know, I think back in, I don't know, that would have been like, 2009 ish I want to say maybe but a lot of people who I think were like I don't like books about vampires really eased themselves into reading that more paranormal genre because they liked those books so anyway we're we're gonna be over here being everybody's gateway to sci-fi yes <laughs> I would love that <laughs> I know I would too I'm just like yes let's do this I was just thinking about how cool it is that you guys are like easing people in like it's at a time where there might not be like the perfect, this is exactly where this book sits, Mm -hmm. but you guys are still going out there. You're still doing your thing. You're still putting out these amazing books and you're helping people, readers realize, oh, this isn't as scary as I thought it was. This is actually really, really good. So yeah, I love it. Start with me. Yeah. You're going to start with us and then you're going to go deep dive in like, right. (laughs) All of those sci-fi books are going, oh, yes. Give me all of <laughs> so I get you watching has... Star Trek soon. Oh, wait, exactly. that was me. <laughs> Dude, I was so the next have... generation girl. I watched me that. Me too. I that was my first intro to Star Trek. Trek. Yep. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Oh, love it. Uh, I just, I've been watching, now. oh, you got me started. I've been watching <laughs> Picard. I'm on the last, the last season right now. Or like oh, the, he was, he was my original captain. I mean, Captain oh. Kirk, whatever, but John Luke Picard was, oh he is he the was... captain. He was oh, the daddy captain so good. of the whole I, ship. Like, okay, guys, this is how pathetic or amazing I am. I like tear <laughs> up sometimes when I'm watching this because I'm like so happy to see. I mean, he's he's just aged, of course, because goodness, mm-hmm. he's in his 80s, I think. Is he really? And, yeah. And, and good he's for still you, like, Patrick yeah, Stewart. Still on TV. Wow. Good for you. And I just like, I saw Will Wheaton, which is maybe a spoiler, but uh, come on oh. one of the episodes. <laughs> and I was just like... They're all coming back. And I got really excited. I know, yeah. <laughs> I'm very emotional about my Star Trek. <laughs> my favorite character on that show was Data. So, I mean, uh, if you want to, my, yes, <laughs> where my love of robots started. Star Trek I kind of have a bit of a Data character, actually. A oh, bit, kind of. So, An I don't think anybody has seen it. Uh, it ish, ish. But an Android ish. Yeah. Okay. That counts. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I'm, I'm trying to think it's, I, it might be in another series that I'm writing too. I don't know. There, there's a couple of things going on, but okay. We better stop. On this episode oh, of exploring the blank page where Emily and Haley proceed to geek out about Star Trek. hundred <laughs> percent. And like, uh, you know, five hours later, they're still talking about warfare. Exactly. No. <laughs> yeah, I think I'm sort of a secret Trekkie because it's kind of one of those things that most people don't know. I actually liked for a really mm. long time. Because mostly I, my content is like, oh, like Star, Star Wars, Wars. yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. which I do love Star Wars. I mean, yeah, but I also really love Star Trek. I mean, I don't really feel like there needs to be any kind of a battle between. Pick. Yeah, I was going to say, you don't have to pick. Both. Well, I was like kind of, I wouldn't say anti-Star Wars, but I just wasn't immersed in the world and 
enough mm-hmm. initially. And then I went through and watched everything. Cause I, I was like at the age where the new, the ones that everybody dislikes <laughs> came out. I can't, I can't the remember prequels. like the prequels. Yes. And well, see, I like, I like the prequels. I, I didn't find them honestly, yeah. because that's what I knew at the time. Revenge but then of I the went Sith back. Just oh gosh. Yes. That, oh yes. gosh. It's such a heavy movie, but it's so good. <laughs> oh, I know. And then I went back and like really dive dove in <laughs> to like the yeah. earlier versions. And I was like, these are amazing. And yeah. now I'm just, I love both. So yeah. Well, <laughs> I was, I was raised on the original Star Wars like when people ask me what my favorite Christmas movie is, it was always like, oh, Star Wars. Yeah. <laughs> but it, in my mind, it was because for whatever reason, I'm pretty sure it was the TV network USA. I don't even know if USA is a network anymore, but on Christmas day, they would always have a Star Wars marathon. And we would always like, oh, after nice. we opened all of our presents, you know, we would settle in the couch with dad, eat our, eat our lunch and watch Star Wars, like perfect back to back to back to back. And so for forever, it was just like, well, Star Wars is my favorite Christmas movie because that that's when <laughs> yeah. we would always watch them. And then, of course, when they brought out the prequels and stuff, of course, we like had to be there to watch them all. And mm-hmm. I think we even watched, I remember watching The Phantom Menace on a drive-in, which was super cool because oh, like when cool. it was space and then drive-ins. Star Wars start, it was oh, great. So yeah. awesome yeah I saw that movie four times in the theaters I would just like pick a different friend every week (laughs) Mm -hmm. and be like hey let's go see this movie and act like I hadn't (laughs) seen it and 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 this like con some new friend into going to seeing this movie with me because I I had such a crush on Ewan McGregor in that movie oh my gosh I know (laughs) who didn't and that was the first Star Wars movie I actually ever saw. Like I, I watched it and then I immediately made my mom take me to Blockbuster and rent um, yes. the OG trilogy. So, mm-hmm. and then so I stayed good. up until 3 a.m. watching those. Oh, gosh. <laughs> I will say, I will say out of all the new ones mm-hmm. and Emily probably can probably knows which one is my favorite one because of the types of stories I like, but I absolutely love Rogue One. Mm. I love Rogue mm. One. That's such oh, an underrated my, film. It's so good. That is true. That is it's true. my favorite. It's hard, and I'm though. gonna. Well, and my kids make fun of me because spoiler drop, everybody dies at the end, and they're just like, well, yeah. this is a horrible movie because everybody I think dies." If you, at the end. I think if you know it's about but, like the right, Death yeah. Star, like you know it's yeah. not gonna end well. You know? <laughs> but yes, it's like my favorite. Like the OG will always be mm-hmm. like the greatest. But yeah. of all of since the prequels have come out and then they started making new stuff, like. Rogue One, that is my favorite. I yeah. absolutely love that one. So no, I totally agree with you there. That movie is like bomb. It's amazing. Mm-hmm. It's it's seriously so underrated in the Star Wars canon. I just yeah. oh yes, so good, so good. Well, I think we could probably geek out and talk for forever. Okay. But before <laughs> we jump into the lightning round, um, okay. can you tell us what's next after um the Luminat series releases? Yeah, you kind of hinted. Like, what's on the horizon? Hinted. Oh, yeah. I've hinted. Yeah, I've hinted. Well. <laughs> I, I mean, I'm, I'm writing, I, I don't have anything out on sub. So, I mean, this is kind of my time to just write. Um, I wrote this um, young adult historical fantasy. It's, it's essentially a Marvel movie set during the Gilded Age of New York. Fun. And I'm going to need that. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> but like, you know. <laughs> Yay. I'm happy you like it. Anyway, I, um, I'm working on that. I wrote a draft of it in like 2020, and this was before um, World Diver actually went into publication. So it was kind of during a waiting period. I wrote this book and because Luminant Trilogy kind of 
you know, has been my focus. I had to put this by the wayside. I, I didn't like, I finished a draft of it and I didn't get to do anything with it. So, um, yeah, that's like my why historical fantasy. I'm going to write that next. And then I also have another, um, this one's a little bit veering more into paranormal. Um, it's a, um, YA kind of a riff on little red riding hood, um, in terms of she has to save the wolf from the grandma mm. if that makes like sense it. oh yeah. it's oh, weird. i need it's... that one too yeah can i have that one too sign us up <laughs> yeah. it's werewolves um yeah so i've never done paranormal i've never done anything well no i'm not gonna say that because there's there's some slight horror elements in um the luminot trilogy but um it's not overt um, so this is going to be the first that has any sort of actual like um, paranormal horror-esque. I don't do real horror, but it's right. it's kind of, you know, mm-hmm. that sort of tension, I guess, is what I'm talking about. Mm-hmm. Um, but that's set during like Y2K SoCal. So we're going back to SoCal with that one. Nice. I'm just veering over to New York for my other one because, because yeah, why not? <laughs> why not? Why not? That's creativity, um, right? <laughs> research trip. Hi, yeah, research yeah. trip. <laughs> and I'm like, I just maybe need to write a book set in Ireland so I could take exactly. a research trip, yeah. you know, because that's what yes. we do. <laughs> yeah, let's let's just you know write a, write that right. off, and you know. <laughs> <laughs> so um, so that those two projects are kind of the ones I'm kind of ba- bouncing back and forth on, but they're in such early stages, and I'm not ready to go out on sub with anything, and it's it's just kind of my writing time. I've been focused on publishing for the past three years and, um, you know, uh, the publishing mindset's really different than the I'm, I'm writing mindset. So that's kind of where I'm, I'm, I'm excited to get back into the, um, into the writing mindset, I guess, of just kind of letting my creativity flow and, and, um, those are the two projects I'm really, really excited to work on. Nice. I like that without that pressure, you know, I think your, your creative spirit is a little more free too, Mm -hmm. because you're not thinking like, oh, well they like this. And I mean, you are, but it's further down. Yeah, you are. You're you're always thinking like, where does this fit in the market? Is there even a market for this? Mm -hmm. And I I will say the comps for these two are so much easier. (laughs) (laughs) Yep. (laughs) I got like, oh yeah. The, the marketing niche is just like, it's there, you know, just Mm -hmm. pop it in. But, um, but yeah, I'm really looking forward to, to just kind of writing for a little while, I guess. Love it. I'm not disappearing. I'll be on social media. I'll be promoting my books, but yeah. (laughs) Yeah. No, absolutely. We get that. Yeah. All right. It is time for our lightning round. So here we go. Uh, Name a few books or just one that you're reading right now. Um, I'm currently reading Sorcery of Thorns by Margaret Rogerson, and I've also mm-hmm. just picked up um, Long Live the Pumpkin Queen by Shea Earnshaw, and I'm um, very much looking forward to getting deeper into that one. Nice, nice. We kind of already answered this, but what if you had to pick one, what is your favorite fandom? Oh, gosh. I know. <laughs> I know. We're being cruel. Just being one. Cruel. Uh, Star Wars. Star Wars. That's a good one. <laughs> um, if you could take on any powers of, or the powers of any superhero, who would you pick and why? My girl, Scarlet Witch, mm. chaos magic. Yes. Yeah. Just, yes. The, abend- the ability to bend reality would be so cool. Right. Oh gosh. It'd be so crazy. Yeah. Um, mm. What is your favorite trope? Ooh, Ooh, that's a good one. Um, romance trope i want to say enemies to lovers but i also happen to really love found family and squad goals 
Mm-hmm. Yeah. It was mm-hmm. Squad Girls is a good one. Like I love yeah, Found Family, one. but mm-hmm. I forget about that one too. Like, oh, mm-hmm. so fun. Squad Goals is really great. Mm, I like it. Uh, what is your favorite snack or drink? Well, either writing or reading. It depends on how multitasking you are. <laughs> Anything that has caffeine in it. <laughs> yep. <laughs> so like pretty uh, much all the things. <laughs> yeah. Mostly I just drink coffee like all day. <laughs> hey, we, we do that too. <laughs> yeah. Um, all right. This is a hard one. Space or fantasy world. I know oh. we do both, but Ooh. I know. Like in real life, neither. <laughs> no, we'll say in fictional life. <laughs> okay, in fictional life, um, a, a fantasy world set in space. I like oh, it. I'll yeah. accept it. I love it. Yes. <laughs> we'll um, allow it. We will allow it. Um, pr- probably because that's what I would answer too. So yeah. <laughs> there you go. Um, what is one piece of writing advice that you always, oh, excuse me. What is one piece of writing advice that always comes to mind? Just write what you love, you know, don't worry about writing to market. Don't worry. I mean, you, you kind of have to worry about some sometimes, but I mean, like just write really what you love because chances are someone else is going to really love it too. Mm, perfect. That's excellent. So before we wrap up, can you let people know how they can connect with you online and where they can find your books? Yes. Okay. So, um, World Diver and Light Hunter are the first two books in the Luminot trilogy. You can pretty much buy those wherever books are sold. Um, Shadow Ender is up for pre-order right now. And, um, again, by the time this comes out, this, it may be just wherever books are sold as well. But, um, if you want to pre-order, you can pre-order it, um, on Amazon, or you can pre-order, um, signed copies from Uncommon Universe's press, um, website. Um, which is www.uncommonuniverses.com. So if you want an autograph copy with my, you know, fancy, dancy, messy signature in it, then <laughs> you can get that there. Um, so that's where my books are at right now. Mm-hmm. And was, and, yeah. oh, what about you online? How can we find you? Oh, right. Me online. I was like, I know there was a second part of that question. <laughs> totally flat on my head. Um, so I'm on Instagram at the real Haley Hansen. And, um, I'm also, uh, I have a website, which is www.haleymhanson.com. And that's where you can sign up for my newsletter. Um, I'm kind of not really super active with my newsletter right now. Um, but I do have a newsletter, um, like a new freebie that's going to be coming out. That is, um, kind of like a little short prequel to, um, world diver that I will be, um, putting up on my website this summer. So, um, definitely look up for that. Cause it's just, it's kind of cute and fun and it yeah. has, it has two of everybody's favorite characters from, um, Luminot trilogy in it, um, which is Callie and Nate. So, um, look for that this summer. Um, and so that'll be kind of a cool thing on my website. Mm-hmm. Um, cause as of right now, it's just kind of like my website and, <laughs> <laughs> and, um, I'm also on Facebook, although I'm really not as active on Facebook. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. you know, it's yeah, but it, uh, my author page is Haley Machado Hansen. So awesome. well, we'll have all of these, all of these linked in the show notes okay. and Haley, thank you so much for being here today. This has been so much fun. Thank mm-hmm. you guys for having me. This is so, so fun. I am so glad I got the chance to come and chat and geek out with you guys. Absolutely. Right. Geeks unite. Yes. Live long exactly. and prosper. Yeah. <laughs> May the force be with you. <laughs> 
This is the way. <laughs> Thank you so much for listening to this episode of Exploring the Blank Page. You can support this podcast by clicking the support button at anchor.fm slash exploring the blank page or by subscribing on your favorite podcast app. You can find us on Instagram at exploring the blank page podcast and individually at Kristen Crum and at create explore read until next time, stay safe and get creative exploring the possibility of your blank page.